You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today we're going to speak about converts, COVID, and community. Converts from the Parsha, COVID and community from what's going on all around us. And I want to draw attention to two articles this week. I always like to point out what I'm writing about in the Parsha, in my Parsha article called Redeeming Relevance in the Parsha. And there I spotlight the issue of converts. And one of the many times that the Torah tells us that we have to treat the convert properly, well, uh, beyond well. In, in this particular case, the verse that I concentrate on uh, reminds us that we were also gerim in Egypt. I didn't translate that on purpose. Gerim is normally understood in this context to be strangers. We were strangers, after all, in the land of Egypt. The Orachayim, for one, understands it, that in fact, here too, it should be understood as converts, that we too, once converted, and that's very much in line with a way of thinking that is pretty widespread about the Jewish people not really being Jewish before they came to receive the Torah at Mount Sinai. The truth, is, the truth of the matter is, even if you want to go further back, you can't trace the Jewish people further back than Abraham, than Avraham Avinu. I often ask people whether Avraham could be counted in a minyan, because it's a tricky uh, question. It's sort of an in-between stage, where the forefathers and foremothers, four of them, uh, were not really officially Jewish in the technical sense of being commanded in the mitzvot that were to be given at Mount Sinai in the Torah, um, given throughout the the 40-year period uh, that the Torah was actually given. Be that as it may, all Jews, says the Orachayim, are converts, and the Torah wants to remind us of that. It's a very interesting idea in the sense that here we have almost a contradiction in terms. And it's for that reason that some philosophers, Jewish philosophers, have had a hard time understanding the concept of the convert. What I mean about a seeming contradiction is on the one hand, you have a national, some people want to call it tribal religion, and not in a negative sense, simply meaning that the Jewish people is, uh, is from common ancestry, and therefore... Um, given that it's common ancestry, uh, we all come from, uh, well, that's the point, we don't all come from this certain uh, ancestry, but the vast majority of people is based in this common ancestry of people living in the, uh, the Middle East, uh, specifically in the land of Israel. And Nonetheless, the Torah opens up the possibility of other people joining into this national religion. Now, as opposed to what's deemed universal religions, like Christianity and Islam, for example, uh, the Jewish nation does not look at outsiders, um, certainly the way that Christianity does, as somehow being defective, um, 
and granted, that's a long topic, a big topic, exactly how that works in Judaism, Christianity, Islam. We're not going to get into it. But my point is that um, Judaism doesn't see a need for non-Jews to convert, that it necessarily betters themselves to convert. And so therefore, if there's no need for them to convert, and the Jewish people is constituted as a, an extended family, why is the option of conversion open? So I speak about that in this week's Parsha article. And what I say about it is that it is, and, and you'll have to read it because I'm just going to say it on one foot here, um, but essentially what I say is that this is a strategy towards universal love. Now, it may sound backwards because Judaism is not running to get converts, and therefore one might think that really uh, the relationship between the, new and the, the Jew and the non-Jew is guarded, is uh, uh, universal love is not something necessarily on the on the top ten, and kamocha, which we've spoken about before, uh, loving your neighbor as yourself, should be interpreted narrowly, meaning specifically to Jews. Uh, I might have mentioned this before, certainly written about it, that that's actually a um, a machloket a disagreement among classical sources whether loving your neighbor is meant to be speaking about everyone, all people, or specifically Jews. So there are two ways of understanding that. And uh, at first glance, many people would be, uh, certainly people unfamiliar with the Jewish tradition, would probably interpret it in a more narrow sense that the Torah is less concerned about the outsider than other religions. But what I say in the article is ultimately this is a strategy that's designed to make us more loving of others rather than less loving of others. Meaning the gear strategy, the convert strategy, who in spite of being on the face of it an outsider, and this is what's critical, on the face of it he looks you know, like he's from Africa, he looks like he's from China or the Philippines or India or whatever, um, and yet the reality that the Torah presents to us is that he is no different than any other Jew. And that conception forces us to broaden our idea of what and who is to potentially be involved in our community. And that's, that's critical, um, it, being that the Jewish community is a very real community. And from there, I want to launch into the second article that I want to recommend. And this too is from yours truly, this time in the Times of Israel as opposed to the Jewish press. There I have a blog, which I write from time to time, only a couple of times a year, on issues of topical interest. And I was moved one day by the feeling of emptiness that I had at a, um, a life cycle event in my local synagogue where there was essentially 10 of us and, uh, well, any of you living through this period of time in, in synagogues or in other types of communities know the sort of attenuated situation that we're talking about, um, that there is joy, but the joy is very muted because most people are not there and even the people that are there are far away from each other. 
um, the social distancing, the physical distancing that exists, even when we're together, uh, I would say, impacts upon a certain emotional distancing also. Now, um, in that article, and again, I would recommend you reading it because uh, I'm not going to be able to do it justice in the minute or two I summarize it. But in that article, I mention the writings of uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who unfortunately passed away uh, earlier in the Jewish year, um, as, long, as well as a uh, famous author of, uh, of Bowling Alone, right, who, um, who te- both of whom tell us that we need to, we mean, meaning not just the Jewish community, but uh, 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 meaning the general community as well, uh, the author, by the way, being Robert Putnam, um, the, uh, both of them telling us, along with many other people, telling us that we need to value community. And they both point to the trends away from community in the last 50 years and sort of um, gaining speed in the last 20 to 30 years um, and, and certainly in, in, in the last um, 10 years uh, with social media really taking off, having an impact on communities and the problems that lack of face-to-face interaction causes on all sorts of levels. Uh, in the case of the Jewish community, Rabbi Sachs writes eloquently, not just uh, in his latest book, which I would recommend, uh, called Morality. Um, he's been writing about this for as long as he's been writing, essentially, certainly going back to uh, 1989. I recently read a piece of his that um, he emphasizes the importance of what community has done for the Jewish people in terms of giving us uh, meaning and support. Uh, Support being the key to survival, uh, often under very adversarial circumstances. So the Jewish community has done that for the Jewish people, has kept it alive and flourishing in uh, situations where one would have bet against it. Um, Rabbi Sachs eloquently writes about how community is what has uh, saved us. But beyond saving us, it gives us meaning and will uh, will to persevere and to accomplish things within a context. And um, on the general level, this is what Robert, Robert Putnam writes about, but others as well, the whole communitarian movement that was big in the 90s and the early 2000s, which um, you know, people still write about and people still think about it. Obviously, community is, is an issue that's not going to disappear, even though uh, communities are disappearing. And that's what I write about in this week's article, that these trends that existed before COVID are being turned into warp speed. In other words, the, the things that were pushing us apart uh, primarily voluntarily, right, out of ease. It's easier to communicate uh, via Zoom or uh, any other of the 
millions of, of uh, platforms that exist, it's easier for us, it was easier for us to do that, it's, it's even easier now, uh, because all the restrictions that are out, so, such that now it's not just a question of ease, but it's also a question of necessity, that there's no other way. As the pandemic winds down, hopefully, hopefully, um, certainly here in Israel, we have some reason to be hopeful, even though what we've learned over the course of the year is that uh, we never know what's going to be around the next bend. Nonetheless, we need to be planning for the future, and that future hopefully is, is a brighter one, where we will be able to reconstitute our communities and over in the article in the Times of Israel, I write about the tremendous importance of doing that with renewed vigor, um, that we, over the course of the year, have gotten used to the ease of isolation um, for most of us. I mean, obviously, some people are suffering greatly from isolation, but for most of us who are not completely isolated, um, we've taken a lot of shortcuts, again, simply by necessity, shortcuts which we may not be so easy to give up once, uh, once the restrictions are lifted. And in the case of the Jewish community, it's essential. Uh, truth is, in the case of any community that wants to survive as a community, it's essential to not simply follow inertia, but rather to take an active hand in recreating this institution that's been so important for Jewish survival, for Jewish meaning, and for the world at large. Rabbi Sachs' uh, mission was not simply to tell the Jewish community about the importance of community, but even more so, perhaps, to export the notion, the sense of strong community, to the outside world. So that's converts, and that's community, and that's COVID. But I want to connect the two. Uh, the issue of community that, the, that includes, that is meant to include converts, meaning the Jewish community, that is meant by design of the Torah to include converts as a major part of its strategy, in my mind, towards universal love, that community um, is something that, as I said, we will need to build back up. And as we build it back up, it's important to realize that the community is made up of different groups, different circles from the center going out. The central group, the people who are mostly in, most involved in the community for all sorts of reasons, whether they be professionals that are involved professionally with the community, whether they be very active for social or religious or whatever reason it may be, those people are going to gravitate back almost naturally. Um, not all, but by, by and large, the vast majority will. The place where the communities are going to hurt the most are, is, is in the periphery. And we have to be prepared for that. In rebuilding communities, we have to reach out uh, ever so strongly to that periphery. And that periphery includes certain elements, uh, one of them being the convert community. Speaking about first 
and sometimes second generation converts. Obviously, the later you get into the generation, third, fourth, and fifth, uh, hopefully uh, the convert is integrated such that um, he has a family, he or she has a family support structure like any other Jew in the community and is naturally integrated. A person who is on their own, sometimes converts have Jewish relatives, but many do not, and that creates a certain level of isolation. It doesn't have to, but it often does. Um, so that is one group that we are supposed to love, and love in this particular situation means reaching out to them and bringing them back into the community. That's converts. There are other groups, and I don't mean to only speak about converts because I think the issue is larger uh, and includes other groups as well. For example, the, the community of singles, uh, given that Jewish communities are tend to be family-oriented. This is a community that's often left on the periphery, again, sometimes willingly, sometimes unwillingly, Whatever the reason is, this is a group that we'll have to reach out. And there are others, a group as uh, unidentifiable as introverts. Introverts often like to be alone, but there are limits to that. And uh, everybody, uh, almost everybody, I should say, but certainly the vast, vast majority of introverts also value community. Um, however, they will have gotten used to a situation where they've completely been cut off from the community, and given their character character traits, they will have to be actively brought back in. So some food for thought, and hopefully we can bring this plan into action soon. Uh, but sooner or later, we have to keep it in mind to rebuild our communities after COVID to include all those sectors of our community that are least likely to fall back into place without great effort. That includes the converts. And as I write in my Times of Israel article, that we have to understand communities are a successful model for not just the Jewish people. And therefore, we have a responsibility to others to keep it going and make sure it doesn't go the way of all things with the pandemic. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you again in two weeks' time. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.